Just a reminder that this podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. That's $10 off your first order if you go to BuiltBar.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the newest edition of Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. I was actually informed recently that it's best if I don't put the episode number in the title on iTunes. Maybe I was told that from the beginning and I forgot. So going forward, each edition of this podcast will just be the newest edition of Locked on Tigers. I do have some questions today that I am going to answer for you guys, but I do want to talk about some very sad news across all of baseball. This coming from Jeff Passan, who's just been on fire the last couple months. Sadly, this is a, a report that I'm sure he would rather not have reported, but it was important news nonetheless. And he reported yesterday, Across baseball, hundreds of minor league players were cut today and lost their jobs, sources tell ESPN. Hundreds more will be released over the next week. In the end, upward of a 1,000 players could see their baseball careers end. The minor leagues have simply been devastated. Terribly sad. Terribly sad news. It's sad for the players. I don't have much more to add to the conversation than that. You know, if you're looking for more people who would talk about this more eloquently, I would recommend following somebody like Emily Walden, who writes for The Athletic. She does a wonderful job, and she covers minor league baseball. It's just sad. It's sad that, that because there's something very pure about minor league baseball. You know, a lot of these guys probably will never see the major league level, and yet they play for the love of the game. And in a time right now in major league baseball that is so consumed by greed and arrogance and egos, the people who have done the right thing from the beginning, the the minor league players who just go out there and play ball knowing they're not getting paid a ton, doing it just for the love of the game, the fact that they're the ones who have to suffer the most actually, now that I'm talking about it out loud, actually does make me quite a bit angry because I hate that. I hate injustice. I hate seeing people who do the right thing, who go about their business every day, have their careers and potentially their lives torn apart by you know the people above them. It It's... it's Frustrating as hell. Obviously, it was it was reported as well the other day that the Players Association is expected to counter with their own proposal regarding potentially starting this season. Their idea being that they're going to play for 100% pay, but they will play more games. Potentially, I, I read up to 115 games. Kind of sounds like a Hail Mary pass, but... You got to make the offer right now. You got to try it. You know, we are in the last stages of deciding whether or not we're going to play baseball this year. And I I said on the show on Wednesday that I think it's a bit crazy if these players believe that they're going to get paid 100% for an 82-game season. But for a 115-game season, we might have something. So we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. Hopefully, they can come to an agreement. So... I do have some Twitter questions in the mailbag segment that I am going to be answering for you today. Thank you to the people who sent in questions. It always does mean a lot. It makes it makes my life a lot easier because it gives me something to do on these Friday podcasts without baseball. This first question comes to us from Sean Marie at Great Murbinski on Twitter. If there is no baseball this year, do any of the pitching prospects make the opening day roster in 2021? That is a phenomenal question because I've wondered about that because you have guys like Ivan Nova who's on who has a one-year deal. You have one more year of Jordan Zimmerman. 
at the beginning of the year, obviously so much has changed, and I understand that. At the beginning of the year, I think Illich and Avila and people who run this Tigers team were under the impression that between Mize, Manning, and Scooball, you could probably pencil in at least two of those guys to be on the opening day roster in 2021. All of that has been thrown out of the window. Now, at the same time, these guys are going to be so close to the major leagues in 2021. I mean, they're going to be scratching at the surface, trying to trying to get an entrance to the freeway, you know, to the big show. You don't want to go out and sign two or three starting pitchers in the offseason just because what's the point? You're going to have these young guys who are going to be here by assuming there's no baseball this year, maybe May, maybe June. If I had to guess, though, I would say that's probably the route that they're going to end up going, and we're going to have this process completely elongated. You know, I think most likely, if there is no baseball, the people in charge of this organization will go into 2021 with the same mindset that they went into 2020 with, and that's that these guys need more time to marinate in the minor leagues before they get called up in 2021. So it, it elongates the process and it makes it really frustrating and disappointing, but I think that's probably the most likely outcome at this point. This next one from Adam Langworthy at Tigers Fan Mags. Which prospects are best suited for trading for MLB vets when we're ready to compete? That's a really good question as well, because I know I've been so adamant about loading up on the farm system, improving the farm system, stockpiling prospects. Because look, so many different things happen. You stockpile on prospects knowing full well, one, not all of these guys are going to pan out. Some guys are going to get injured. Some guys just aren't going to aren't going to develop the way people expect them to. That happens. That's not even anybody's fault necessarily, you know, depending on how they develop them. That just happens in Major League Baseball. It happens all the time. And I want them to stockpile on prospects as well because you are going to get to a certain point, believe it or not, one day, it might seem really far away, but one day the Tigers will be good again and they'll be at a point where they're going to be buyers at the trade deadline. Oh, that seems so far away, but it, it will happen one day. And when that happens, you're going to need a solid core of prospects to be able to make a trade to acquire a guy like a David Price or acquire, you know, a, a Doug Fister. You know, what? that was something Dombrowski was so good at. Yes, he gutted the farm system, but he traded young prospects for legit talent. And some of those guys developed into good players like Corey Knebel and, and Willie Adamas. And a lot of them, like Jacob Turner, kind of flamed out, you know, but you need to stockpile on a good farm system, not only so that you can have young players on your team who can deliver for you that you don't have to give bloated contracts out to, but so that you can come to a point that you can acquire veterans via trade to fill in the gaps on your team. I worry that right now the Tigers don't have any of those. So to answer your question, I don't think this is a deep enough farm system right now to look at and say, oh, well, you could maybe trade this guy. You need them all right now. The only one that the only one that kind of stuck out to me, maybe was Alex Fiedo, because I, I do think Alex Fiedo's ceiling is still pretty high. I don't think he'll reach it because he does have a lot of issues, but like if he cleans up his mechanics even more so and becomes a more consistent strike thrower, I think he could be as good as like a number two in a rotation. And if that's the case, and you have this loaded system with Mize, Manning, Scooball, and Fiedo, I feel like he would kind of be the odd man out in a potential trade situation. But that's a long ways down the road, unfortunately. So that's actually going to do it for this first segment. I'll be back to answer a few more of your questions in segment number two. Built Bars are tasty. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 
16 amazing flavors, 8 chocolate nut flavors, 8 chocolate nut free flavors. It says so on the packaging. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. I had my very first one just the other day, the peanut butter brownie one. And unlike a lot of other protein bars, which have a little bit of crunch to them, these, they really do melt in your mouth. And Built Bars are healthy too. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy or girl. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Look at uh, something like the peanut butter brownie, the one I just talked about. That's 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams net carbs. You can try them today, but we have a special offer as well. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Mima Remedies is a CBD company providing full-spectrum CBD hemp oil and flour. The company is owned by Michigan State alums and Southwest Michigan residents, featuring only two ingredients, along with USDA-certified organic MCT oil derived from coconuts. CO2 extracted full-spectrum CBD from hemp organically grown in Oregon, where MIMA founder Brandon Denler got his start in the industry working with other Michigan State alums. To celebrate MIMA's first season growing their hemp in Michigan, we are giving Lockdown listeners 25% off at MIMAremedies.com. Full-spectrum extract retains terrapines and flavor of hemp flour, no additives or flavoring. All products third-party lab tested, always below 0.3% THC. Find MIMA on Instagram at MIMA Remedies, Facebook, and at MIMAremedies.com. And if you go to MIMA Remedies, use the promo code Locked On for 25% off your offer. That's Locked On for 25% off of your offer. If you're looking for high-quality CBD products from a brand you can trust, MIMA is a match made in Michigan. And we're back. Thank you for tuning in to Locked On Tigers here on the final Friday of May. My goodness. These next two questions are are a bit bitter, and I think they kind of speak to the sentiment that a lot of fans are feeling right now, and I can't blame them. This one comes to us from Swift Season on Twitter. That's at Swift Season. Why can't these idiots get their heads out of their, I don't think I'm allowed to say that, rear ends, and realize the world needs baseball and a pay cut is hardly something to whine about with what is going on in the world today? So it sounds to me like Swift season here is pro owner, which is rare on Twitter. You know what's weird is I read on Twitter all the time. People say people need to stop being pro owner. Very few people are. Most people I think in this situation are pro player. I hate that tactic when people are like, people need to stop being against us. No one's against you. Shut up. I'm so I'm just so tired of this. I The business aspect of baseball is so boring. I hate talking about that on here. Just play the game. Anyway, so I don't know. When he says these idiots, I think he might be referring to everybody. That's fine. I do think to a certain extent the MLB does owe us competency. I talked about that on Wednesday. Does that mean owing us a season? To me at this point, yes, because 
to have a season would show a sense of competency that every other sport right now has, except for them. I'm not under the impression that the world needs baseball. The world wants baseball. I want baseball. But we we want baseball because it's an escape, and people love having those escapes and love having those outlets. But unfortunately, that might not be the case this year. So why can't these idiots get their heads out of their butts? Well, because there's a ton of money involved. And I understand people are really angry at the owners and even at the players. Some people are angry at the players for wanting to take pay cuts. And I am too. It is a sp- uh, This has really opened my eyes to a lot. I mean, this is a sport that is overrun by greed right now. But also, none of us have ever lived in that world. None of us know the pressure that people can be under when they are in positions of extreme wealth. It it absolutely is true that money doesn't necessarily buy happiness. We think, oh, what's a few million dollars here or there to these owners? It might, in the long run, it might not be much. But when you're in that bubble, when you're in that upper 1%, not to get political, but when you're in that upper 1% bubble, none of us know. How, how we would react. We like to say, oh, well, we would be fair and we would compensate the players and we would allow baseball to go on, but we've never been in that position, so we can't speak on it. So I don't really have an answer to that question, I guess. Why can't these idiots get their head out of their butts? Well, because there's a ton of money involved and having a whole lot of money changes people. It would change you and me. Now, I had two more questions, but for the sake of time, I'm only going to answer one of them, so my apologies to Jake Wilcox at Jake the Baseball. I'll get to your question next time. Keep asking them every Friday. I try to get to as many as I can, but this last question comes to us from Matt Respecki at Specs underscore 93 on Twitter. How worried are you that the pandemic is going to kill the minor leagues? Well, that's an interesting question because kill the minor leagues is completely evaporate the minor league system. That's never going to happen. But will it leave a whole lot of minor league baseball players out of jobs? Will it eliminate probably certain minor league, entire divisions of the minor leagues? Absolutely. I think the minor leagues as a whole will survive because because they have to. I think major league baseball will find a way for minor league baseball to survive in some sort of capacity. But the minor league baseball system that we have now, which is just loaded with different leagues, A-ball, high A-ball, rookie ball, double A, triple A, a lot of that is going to be gone very soon, sadly. And it's going to be cut down and a lot of baseball players are going are gonna to be out of jobs. And it's, it's incredibly disappointing. It kind of brings us back full circle to what I was talking about at the beginning. I think the toughest part of this is how it's going to affect how certain people view the sport going forward. Because you had well, you are going to have well over a thousand, a thousand. And I mean, there's a, there's a lot of players in minor league baseball. A thousand is a whole lot. You are going to have a thousand baseball players who are going to lose their jobs because of this. And because of all of this, because of what's happened, because of the greediness of the owners and, and this season not being able to be played, that to me is about a thousand people who are going to love baseball less because of what happened. I, I'm Maybe not all of them, but I think a whole lot of them, their love for this sport will be hurt, and I can't blame them, and it's incredibly disappointing, and I brought this up on Wednesday's show. No season will lead to a lot of irreversible damage in terms of how fans and players and even the owners and also the media view the sport of baseball as a whole. It would be 
as big a step backwards as we can possibly imagine. And no matter what, we're going to take a hit. Even if there is baseball being played, a whole lot of minor league baseball players, many of whom we're probably going to see the major leagues one day, are going to be out of jobs. That's tragic. And unfortunately, it's a sad way to end this week's worth of podcasts. But in a way, I think it's kind of fitting. This was not a good week in baseball. This was a sad week. It was a tragic week. People are losing jobs. The The possibility of seeing baseball in 2020 is becoming more and more diminished every single day. There's not a whole lot to be happy about. You can get mad at a whole lot of what I say, but you can't get mad at my authenticity. I'm not going to come on here and do the whole morning zoo. Everything's great and wacky and I hope your day's good. Okay, let's go to the callers. That's not me. I My attitude and how I speak is a reflection of my mood. And I hope that people enjoy that. And if you do, you can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. If there isn't baseball this year, you can expect to see a whole lot of movie reviews. So go to my YouTube page and subscribe there. The link to my channel is in my bio on Twitter. You can follow this show on Twitter at Tigers. If you have any questions for this show's Gmail account, LockedOnTigers at gmail.com. And while you're in quarantine, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, and leave a positive review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.